before he ever said, let there be light. And according to what he had originally planned, let man have dominion. Let, let, let him, let all the works of my hand be subject to man. Let him have authority. Let him have dominion. According to what he, let him be the very expression of myself. Because of that, he had, because of that, when we were born again, when Jesus came and he went to the cross, it was to bring us into that. And it is because of that that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so it goes on to talk about the fact that in him we have redemption, um, in verse 7, uh, um, through his blood, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And then it says um, in verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. God says, I've done all of this, and this is where it's going to all come to. It's going to come to the place where everything will be gathered together in Christ. Yeah. And then it says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the, to be to the praise of, of, of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. And it says after we trusted we, and after we believed, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And then it speaks about this, the earnestness and we've gotten the down payment of this infinite inheritance that is already ours. Now, just at this point, I mean, this is something so grand, blessed with every spiritual blessing, according as he had chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be to the praise of his glory. In him we already have redemption, forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. We have obtained an inheritance. This inheritance is so awesome. And here is his intent, that in the end of it all, everything will be gathered together in Christ. Everything, both in heaven and on earth, everything together will be gathered together, all in one, will be all in one in him. And we are going to be a part of that. I mean, this is enormous. Amen? This is so enormous that you see Paul, who is spending this by the Holy Spirit, recognizes that as great and as wonderful and as awesome as this is, we cannot walk in this without revelation. So he said, he goes on to say in, um, in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love unto all the saints, after I heard that you were born again, and you've accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, Given that I know you are blessed with every spiritual blessing, given that I know these truths, verse 16, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And here is what I'm praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that the very eyes of your, of your understanding would be open. And you would be enlightened and that you would know what is the hope that he has called you to. What it is that he has in mind. And that you might know what he's placed on the inside of you. And that you might know what are the riches of the glory of that inheritance of the saints. And that you might know what are these spiritual blessings. That you would know what is the inheritance. And that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of this power that is on the inside of you, even that same power that was raised up from the dead, and that you would know what is that authority, and that you would know what it is in the reality that you've been raised up with him and be made to sit together with him at the Father's right hand, 
far above principalities, powers, and the rulers and the darkness of this world, and, 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 and have dominion and, and above every name that is named, and that you are the body of Christ. And everything has been placed underneath his feet, but you are his body. So everything has been placed under your feet. And he has been made head over all things in your life. All things to the church. So Paul is saying, this is so awesome. This is so wonderful. But because it is, and it is awesome, it is wonderful. But you're not going to be able to walk this out unless you have revelation. Remember that? Remember when Jesus said, upon this walk I'm going to build a church? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What was that walk about? It was because Peter had said, flesh and blood did not reveal. Because Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. But my father which is in heaven. And because of that, man, that brings such change to your life, Peter. You're no longer going to be a wee tall stone throw, but you're going to be a little petrol. You're going to be a little rock because you've just gotten revelation knowledge. You've just heard from the Spirit of God. You're not depending upon, upon flesh, but you've heard from God. And this is the rock upon which I'm going to build the church. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against you, which means any plot, any scheme, any strategy, or, or strategizing on the part of the enemy will not be able, to, it will not be able to, to, to withstand the onslaught that will come against the gates of hell by the church. Are you with me? But what is it dependent on? Revelation knowledge. Say revelation knowledge. All right. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We have to receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness in order to reign. We've got to receive that abundance of grace. But it is not automatic that you would receive the abundance of grace. First Peter chapter 1. Now again, Peter was talking about the, the fact that we are born again, verse 3, unto a living hope, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've been born again to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in that realm for us. We who are kept by the power of God, true faith, unto salvation. And then it goes on to say, here you haven't seen Jesus, but yet you believe. And you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who had prophesied of, the, of this grace that was going to come to us. All these Old Testament prophets, they have prophesied that there is a grace that is going to come to these people, which is the church. And this grace, what is this grace? This grace is the enablement, it is the empowerment of God. This grace includes salvation. This grace is, 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 um, is enablement. It is ability. And I will we'll come back to that. But it is, 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 it is said, the rich, God's riches at Christ's expense. Well, it could not have been available before Jesus went to the cross because the price was not paid. Amen? It is the riches of God paid for by Jesus' sacrifice. 
But because Jesus has paid his price and he has been sacrificed, that grace is here. That is why it will say in Titus chapter 2 verse 10 that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. It's available to all men because Jesus has purchased it by his own blood. Amen? Anyway, so here in verse 10 of 1 Peter, it refers to this grace that, that these Old Testament saints and prophets have prophesied about that is to be made manifest in our day, in our life, in this day of grace, verse 11, searching what or what man of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel, the good news, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of grace. The gospel is the very vehicle of God that, has, that brings grace to us. Amen? That brings the glory of God, that brings the empowerment of God, that brings the enablement of God. The gospel is that vehicle. Who have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, sent them from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Now here's the verse about here to see. Verse 13. Wherefore, given how awesome and infinite and spectacular and divine this grace is, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. And hope, hope, hope to the end for this grace, for that grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hope, hang in there, stay, believe. This grace is awesome. Hope to the end for that grace that is going to come to you. How? On what basis? It's going to be brought to you at the what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Without revelation, that grace is not, is not available to you. Amen? You might be walking through some situations right now. And if you don't have, if you don't have a revelation of what the word of God says, what the word of God provides, you may not have the grace to walk through that. Are you with me? Think about it. It means then that no matter what we are dealing, that's why Paul, that's why when Paul was having some situations, remember, in, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and um, he was having all this harassment happening, and he cried out to God and said, God, do something about it. Help me, help me, help me. And three times he cried out to God. What was God's answer to him? God says, my grace is sufficient for thee. Amen. My grace is sufficient for thee. In other words, then, situations might happen, and there's grace for that situation, but in order to have that grace, we need a word. We need some revelation. There is a revelation. There is grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Christ, at the revealing of Jesus Christ, at the revelation of that light inside of you, at the revelation that Jesus is the word. Amen? It is called the word of his grace in Acts 20, 22. Amen? But there has to be that. I mean, you, um, the various situations that, and circumstances that are going to happen. You're going to walk into a place in your life that you've never been before. 
You could be in a relationship that you've never experienced before. It could be a job situation. It could be a financial challenge. It could be whatever it is, right? And if you are not able to receive grace in that situation, then you're not empowered to walk through it. But where would that grace come from? It comes at the revelation. Amen? That is why we have to have the word of God and we have to have revelation. Say revelation. So that is very, very, very critical. Let's examine that a little bit more. Turn with me to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Says, let me wait until you get there. Glory to God. In fact, this message is in a way so simple in the sense that here is the problem. We got to have grace. Abundance. Of, if you could operate in abundance of grace, man, you're going to reign. But you got to receive it. And it's not automatic. And the key to receiving it is revelation knowledge. And once we get a hold of that, then we recognize the importance of revelation knowledge. And then we got to pursue it. Or at least we got to know where it comes from. Amen? So you're not barking up the wrong tree. Does that make sense? Amen? So verse 2, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, Grace and peace be what? Multiplied to you. How? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied. Increase. How? Through knowledge. And we're talking here about revelation knowledge. Precise. The Amplified says um, to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God. There is a precision about it. There is an accuracy. There is a revealing. There is a, there, there is a it, it's, it's revelation. It's not just information. Amen? The, at the revelation, grace, how, how is it multiplied? How does it increase? By revelation. Now you see, the thing is this. Whereas you can receive the gift of righteousness by faith, and yes, we receive grace by faith, but then you see faith come by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. When there's an increase of revelation knowledge, when the word is revealed, then what happened? There is more faith and hence more grace is available. What do we mean by, by this um, revealing, this revelation, the, 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 the faith that comes from hearing and hearing? What are we talking about through the word? Right here in 2 Peter chapter 1, flip down to verse 19 for a moment. In fact, yeah. Let me read from verse 16, but I'm heading to verse 19. Peter says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his testimony. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now Peter is referring to, to when they were in the mountain, and when Jesus was transfigured before them, and, um, and, and, then, and then they had this vision, and, 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 and Moses appeared, and... and um, who is that? And Elijah appeared together with Jesus, and then God spoke, spoke, and then it thundered, and God spoke from heaven and said, 
This is my beloved son. Hear him. Amen? So they heard that voice from heaven. Now, so in referring to that, it goes on to say in verse 18, And this voice which came from heaven, we heard it. And we were with him in the holy mountain. And in other words, men, what happened there? It affected our senses. Men, we heard it with our ears. We, 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 we saw the lightning. We, 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 we experienced it. We, we, I mean, that, that voice vibrated within us. This voice that came from heaven, we experience it. But then here he goes on to say in verse 19. But we have also a more sure word of prophecy. In other words, here's something that is more sure than what we physically and emotionally experience. And it is the word of God. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you will do well that you take heed. As unto a light. You take heed unto this word. As unto a light that shines in a dark place. How long? Until the day dawn. And the day star arises in your heart. Now I all this, this analogy has always been in my mind. Whenever I read this verse. You know. Um, if you. If you. You know. You travel somewhere. And you go and you're staying in a hotel room. Right. Uh, or, or, or you're visiting somewhere. And you're, you're in a. You know. A. a you, is this not your regular home? This is not your regular bedroom. But you're sleeping in a hotel room. Lights are off. And then you wake up in the middle of the night. And, and for a moment, it's like you don't know where's the washroom. Uh, where, where did I leave my coat? Where, where is this? And, and for a moment, you're almost disoriented. But then what happened? You look across, and then here is some light coming through the keyhole on the door. And, once you, and if you look at that light, then all of a sudden, and as you focus on that light, then all of a sudden you begin to get oriented and you recognize, okay, that's the door over there, the closet is over there, the washroom is over there, and things begin to come into focus. You follow me? As you walk, as you gaze at that little bit of light that is coming through that, 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 that keyhole. Amen? So it says there, there is a word of God. You might just be, I mean, you might have a situation, you just get this one little scripture. Nothing here that shall not be revealed. This one little scripture. Right? It might be healing. It might be whatever it says. This one little scripture. What do you do? You take heed unto it as unto a light that shines in a dark place. And you stay with it until it erupts on the inside of you. And the light goes off on the inside of you. Amen? Until the light shines bright on the inside of you. And then when you come to the place where now you know. That's what we're talking about. That's just a little snapshot of what we mean by revelation knowledge. Now it says grace is multiplied to you through revelation knowledge. And so 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13, they say hope to the end for the grace that is going to come to you at the revelation. When the revelation comes, comes, then here comes this grace. What am I saying? I'm saying that revelation is necessary in order for you to have the grace. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Now let's go a little further. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Back to Ephesians. So that is why Paul would say, in after Paul says, look, guys, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places according as God has chosen you from the foundation of the world and in him you have redemption, you have obtained an inheritance and all of this wonderful stuff. And then he says, you know what? I need to pray for you. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your understanding will be open so that you can know 
and, and you can begin to unwrap what are these various spiritual blessings and what is this inheritance. Amen? Can you see why Paul would found it, why that was so necessary and so important for Paul to pray that way? In fact, would have one of the things Paul did more than anything else, if you study the word of God, is Paul prayed for believers. Much more than he prayed for the lost. Amen? And that's very, very important. That's very important. Um, in fact, okay, Ephesians chapter 4. So, of course, the rest of Ephesians, he shares certain things. But in Ephesians chapter 4, let me just go straight to this verse for a moment. Verse 17. Hmm. All right. Okay. Okay, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's back up all the way back up to, ah, let's pick it up in verse 4. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And unto every one of us is given grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. The Amplified says, um, that's verse 7, Yet grace, God's unmerited favor was given to each of us individually, not indiscriminately, but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ, of Christ's rich and bountiful gift. So everyone is given grace. Right? The question is, how do we receive grace? Everyone is given grace. Well, to start with, the Bible says that um, uh, in, in Titus 2 verse 10, that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. So there is the grace of God, the grace of God, the riches of God they, they, um, that comes to the human race that is available to every human being. But, but when they, they hear the gospel and they receive Jesus, then they get that salvation grace. They get that saving grace. They are born again. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, you are saved by grace. How? Through faith. It is a gift, not of works, as any man should boast. So on the one hand, you receive grace by faith. It is by faith, not by works. It is by faith. But that faith came from hearing the word of God, hearing Jesus died in the cross. And then what happened? You received saving faith, so to speak, and you got born again. Amen? Now, it's going to be the same if you need faith um, to raise a family, if you need faith for a job situation, if you need faith to walk in a new marriage, to walk in a marriage, if you need faith... Um, for, for finance, whatever the case might be, if you need faith for a particular situation, it's going to come the same way. But faith is going to come by hearing the word of God. And then it, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4 verse 16, it is of faith that it might be by grace. So when the faith is there, boom, here comes the grace. But faith comes from the word. Amen? Are you with me? Okay, so God has dealt to every man, so every one of us have grace. But then there are other areas in my life that I might not have the grace. I mean, I don't have the grace in singing. Now, I don't know if I could find a scripture that would make me want to be able to sing next week. Probably not. All right? So I can't really grow in that area. But there's some other things in my life where I can get a hold of the word of God. And I mean, I mean let's say there was something, some particular disease was running in my family. And, you know, and all these people die. This one gets sick. This one have this medical problem and that medical problem. I mean, but then, but then what happened? So uh, according to the medical, to medical science, I'm next up on the list for the same thing. It's going to just happen to me. All right? And I would be really lost and be stuck with that. But 
When I find out that Christ has redeemed me from that curse, amen, and when I recognize the provision that God has made for me to break that thing and not suffer from what is supposedly hereditary, and I get a hold of the word of God, and I meditate in the word of God, and then I can have faith so that I don't have to so I can walk in divine health and not put up with whatever it is. You follow me? All right? But, but did I have that grace to walk free from, from, from some hereditary disease? When I was born again, I have every spiritual blessing, but I didn't have that grace. I might have been given a grace to be able to, to, to be a good communicator, but I did not have the grace to overcome this or to overcome that or whatever the case might be. But can I get it? Yes. How? By getting revelation knowledge. Amen? So the fact of the matter is, God has dealt to every man grace, but you can grow in grace. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18 speaks about growing in grace. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2, we just see how grace can be multiplied. We can grow in grace. Grace can be multiplied. In another place, we are told uh, that, that we are to stand firm in the grace. Amen? But those things take revelation knowledge. All right. All right. Let me stay. Let's stay with it. Okay. So here we have in Ephesians chapter 4, for unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. All right? And, um, Okay, let me, okay, wherein, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Jump down to verse, verse, verse 11. And he gave some, and he made some apostles. He made, he made a gift, a, took a person and made him a gift of an apostle to the rest of the body of Christ. Made another one the gift of, of a prophet and an evangelist and a pastor and a teacher. And he placed these gifts in men and give them to the body of Christ. Now, now let's be clear. Now let's, let's, let's watch it here now. It says, for the perfecting of the saints. Okay? So that, so that the saints can mature. So that the saints can grow up. Which also means, come on, if the saints aren't growing up and if the saints aren't maturing, whose fault is it? Is it their fault that they're not growing? Well, yeah, they don't go to church and they don't study the Bible. Yeah, of course, to some degree it is their fault. But it's not totally their fault. According to this verse of scripture, God says, I have given apostles, prophets, what we call the fivefold. I've given them to the body of Christ to perfect them, to mature them, for them to grow up. And if they're not growing up, I'm gonna, I need to talk to the fivefold to find out why not. It's their fault. Paul said in Colossians 1.25 that when, you see why Paul spent all that time praying for the saints? Paul said in Colossians 1.25 Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Paul says, I've got a responsibility to see the word of God fulfilled in you or to, to, to see to it that you possess and manifest the life of God and, and get fulfillment to the promises and to the word of God. Paul says, that's my job. Are you with me? All right, let's get back. to Okay, let's get back here. In other words, then, what I am saying is this. I am saying, because don't forget, where there is no grace, you can't walk in that. You can't, you need grace. If you don't have grace in a particular area, you're going to fail in that area. 
point blank. You're not going to have victory in that area. Amen? And if the, if the disciple is given to perfect and to mature you, and they don't do it in that area where they don't get it done, you're going to fail. Which says flip it all around. It means then that part of receiving that grace, if God has designed for you to receive that grace from revelation knowledge, but some of, but it also comes through the fivefold. That is why the fivefold need to go and get revelation knowledge. Amen? That's why Peter says, look here, man, I'm sorry. In, in um, Acts chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Paul said, Peter said, look here, I'm, I, I, I can't be waiting on tables. I can't be doing this. We can't be doing this. We got to give ourselves to the ministry, the word, and what? Prayer. And let some other folks be responsible for that. So that what? So that we can have revelation knowledge and then dispense it to you guys. Amen? Okay, let me, I'm coming back. I'm not done with this yet. And you get, okay, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, <laughs> for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of Man. Now, we have a way, and this, this scripture has been taught in this manner, that the fivefold has been given to perfect the saints, so that the saints can do the work of the ministry, and so, and, 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 and a day, some or the other are going to build up the body of Christ, and then we're going to come into this place of maturity. So in a way then, there's a, it has almost been taught in a way where the fivefold, we just push it off on the saints. Let them do the work of the ministry. Let them begin to grow up, and let us have body ministry, and let them all begin to minister to one another, and then we all mature. That's not what it's about. Is there an element of, of, of truth in that? Yes, but that's not the center here. Let's look at it again. Let's remove all the punctuations, remove all the commas, remove all the verse divisions, and just read it in the context of what is he saying. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to the men. What gifts did he give? He gave apostles, the prophet, pastor, evangelist. What for? For the perfecting of the saints? Yes. And what, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, yes, yes, they need to do some work. But also for the work of the ministry, yes, they were given for that purpose. And they were also given for what? For the edifying of the body of Christ. So that fivefold has, has a responsibility to do what? For to mature and to grow up the saints. And that fivefold, we have to just push it off on everybody else. They also have a responsibility to do the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is not just who plays the piano, who operates the sound, and who does this. And we kind of make church succeed or not succeed and, uh, where everybody has to do this and do that. And it's not about the doing this and the doing of that. Jesus says, this is the work that they would believe on me. Didn't he say that? In John 6, 25, 29, the disciples, Paul said, Jesus Hey, like, like, what's up? And then he, he said, because he said, because he already says, don't labor for the bread that perishes, right? And he said, this is the work, this. And then he says, what? They said, what must we do to work the works of God? He said, believe on me. Believe. Why? Why believe? Because you see, it says, with a heart, man believes unto what? Unto what? Righteousness. Onto that oneness with Christ. Onto what your rights are. And when you believe onto righteousness, to what your rights are, Romans 5.17 says, Grace 
reigns through righteousness to cause the manifestation of the God life. So grace is going to flow, but how? Through righteousness. But in righteousness, you got to believe. Amen? If you don't believe in a particular area, you're not operating in righteousness in that area. Do you know that? You could be, I mean, you're born again. Jesus was made to be sin for you. You are made the righteousness of God in Christ. Before him, there is no, you're, in his sight, you're holy and pure, without, um, free from guilt and condemnation and all of that, and that's wonderful. And you have authority over the enemy and all of that is great. But you also have rights. You have a right to live in divine health. But if you don't believe that, that's not yours. Are you with me? And you're not going to reign. You're not going to have grace in that area. Because Romans 5.21 says, Romans 5.21 says, that a sin had reigned unto death. Even so, my grace reigned through righteousness Unto eternal life. So grace will reign how? True righteousness producing the God kind of life. Grace will reign through righteousness so that the God kind of life could be made manifested. But if the righteousness isn't there, the life is not going to be made manifested because the grace wouldn't flow. So if you do not believe, and, and you believe unto righteousness, Romans 10, 10. So if you don't believe the healing part, all right? then you don't have a right to that. The Bible says your faith is coming for what? Come on, your faith is coming for what? Righteousness. In other words, God says you believe it, you got a right to it. But if you don't believe it, you don't have a right to it. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, Let God be true, and every man a liar, that you might be justified when you judge. It doesn't say that. Isn't that right? <laughs> In righteousness it shall be established. My children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace and their wholeness and their preservation and all of that because in righteousness they're going to be established. They're going to know what their rights and their authority is, what belongs to them, and as a result, no weapon formed against them will prosper because the righteousness is of me. Isn't that right? All right. So, what am I saying? I think I got stuck there. <laughs> Let me get unstuck. <laughs> <laughs> in that, okay, so here's the situation. So grace reigns through righteousness, but righteousness is dependent on your believing. And if you're so, and you, and you believe, how shall they believe in what they have not heard? That is what faith cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God, revelation knowledge. All right. Entrance of that word brings light. It's a lamp onto your feet, a light onto your path. Let it be, it's like a light that shines into a dark place. Let it keep shining until the day star arises in your heart. So, what I am saying is the fivefold ministry is to so feed on the word of God themselves that they have revelation knowledge and they are able to now impart and communicate that revelation knowledge to the believer, so that the believer can have grace in that area. Does that make sense? And, going back to Ephesians chapter 4, until they all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that, watch this, henceforth we be no more children, tossed 
to and fro with every wind of doctrine. What does that sound like? Toss to and fro. Does it sound like James? Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Does it sound like that? Amen? All right. Are you with me? Stay with me now. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things which is ahead, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supply, according to the, the effectual working and the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto the building up of itself in love. Verse 17. This I say therefore, because this is how it works. Listen to what I have to say. This I say therefore, and I testify in the Lord, that from here on you are not to walk as other Gentiles in the vanity and the futility of your mind. But you need to walk by faith. You need to walk according to the word. You need to walk according to the light that comes from the word. The revelation that comes from the word. And if you don't, you're going to be tossed stone throat. Henceforth, so verse, verse 18 now. Watch verse 18 now. Having, why are these wises? Having the understanding, what? Darkened. And being alienated. Separated from what? The life of God. Why? Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. In other words then, because of ignorance, lack of knowledge, lack of revelation knowledge, what happened? They get the life of God that is in them, where they're blessed with every spiritual blessing, doesn't get manifested. They don't partake of it. Amen? Think about it. You know, the story is told about a person who, was, who, 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 who died of dehydration and there was just a well. There was some, some well just a few feet away, but they didn't know about it. Amen? But it was just right there. Well, in the same way, the believer that dies from sickness and disease, and in the meantime, in his spirit, the same spirit that raised up Christ in the dead dwells within him and is able to quicken his mortal body. Amen? And, and whatever it is, we've got the spiritual blessing. But we've got nobody specifically in order to draw it out. Does that make sense? And the fivefold is responsible to impart that information. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, uh, okay, without, without, without going off too far, the grace of God, the riches of God, is his empowerment. It is an, is, his his enablement. It is his ability. It is his provision. It is his sufficiency. That is why it says, Paul, God said to Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, my grace is what? Sufficient for thee. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8, it says he will cause all grace to abound towards you, that you would have all sufficiency and abound unto every good work. So the grace of God is the sufficiency, is the provision, it is the enablement, it is the empowerment, and the gospel of grace, the gospel is the vehicle that brings the grace of God, that brings this empowerment, this enablement. But we got to know specifically, how shall we believe in what we have not heard? And how shall we hear if, we, if it's never preached, if it's never declared unto us? Amen? All right. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I want to go back, I want to say something else while I'm at it. Back to Ephesians. Are we still in Ephesians? Yeah, we're still in Ephesians. Look at verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Hmm. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace. Unto who? The hearers. That it might minister grace. 
That means it might not. <laughs> what makes a difference? Whether your words are going to minister grace or not. Whether your words are going to bring that empowerment, that, that life that can bring transformation, that will impart, that will make a difference, that will make somebody get in line and, and be empowered by God to do whatever it is or to overcome whatever it is or to walk through whatever. Let your words in another place, let me put two scriptures back to you. Here it says, watch your mouth. Don't be talking this way and that way, this way and that way. Jeremiah 15 verse 19 says, separate the precious from the vile so that you could be my mouthpiece. And then here it adds, so that your words might minister grace to the hearers. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, let your speech be seasoned let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Now, what I see is this. When you don't have revelation knowledge, and you're just speaking words, but there is no revelation, the word don't have the grace to impact the person that is hearing. Are you with me? In other words, then if you just, if, I, if someone don't have revelation knowledge, and they just, maybe just, just get somebody's notes and just, just, just hear somebody else say something that might have a revelation. And then they just decide they're going to speak it. They're just going to share it. They're just going to tell you about it. They're going to give you the information. But they don't have revelation. Their words won't have the grace to impact you. Are you with me? Which is to say then, again, the importance of revelation knowledge. So that your words can minister grace when you have revelation knowledge. And that is why now, going back to the fivefold, that is why it is important for them to study. It is why it is important for them to meditate. It is why it is important for them to separate themselves, to give themselves to the word and the prayer. Why? So that their words might have life, might have power, might, have, might be able to minister grace. So they'll be speaking from revelation. All right? I, I just remember scripture that is, let me see, 13... Thirteen fifty-two Matthews. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Out of the abundance of the heart. Brings forth out of his treasure. The Bible it says back in, in Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. Now, because I'm putting this on, on the fivefold, doesn't mean you have you don't have a responsibility in it. Jeremiah 23, verse 28 says, The prophet that had a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that had my word, as the prophet that had my word, let him do what? Speak my word faithfully. Which is the sharp to the wheat, saith the Lord. Is not my word like a fire? So it says then. He must speak the word faithfully, speak the word full of, uh, and, let the, and the word must be full of faith. But it ain't going to be full of faith without revelation. Amen? Which is the importance again of what we, what, what, what we're talking about. This issue of meditating in the word, the need for revelation. Paul said in, in um, 
Paul said in, in Ephesians, sorry, yeah, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Paul says, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among the saints. In other words, the word of grace, the word has grace, and it is able to deliver your inheritance to you. Put it in your lap and cause it to be made manifest. Because grace ultimately comes from the word of God. Christ himself is the embodiment of grace. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 14, we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. Jesus, it says the law was given by Moses. Here, you want the law? <clears throat> I write it here. Here, here it is on the tablet. The law was given by Moses. All right? The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came to Jesus. It's personal. It's in the person of Jesus. You know, people say, oh, I got a problem with the grace message. Sorry, you got a problem with Jesus. He is the embodiment of grace. Of his fullness we have received. Grace for grace. Are you with me? But then he is the word. He is the word made flesh. So the word is the source of grace. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. That's as we wind this down here. Hebrews chapter 4. Hello? Verse 10, verse 11. Let us labor to enter into that rest, into that place where we cease from our own labors, where it's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Holy Ghost, where it is done by grace. Zechariah 4, 6, and 7, right? Let's labor to get into that place. What is the labor? Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 29 regarding that labor, the disciples had asked him specifically. Um, in John chapter 6, the disciples had asked him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? In fact, let me read the whole context. Um, John chapter 6, let me read a few verses here, verse 26. Jesus says, very, very, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Don't labor, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life that will cause the manifestation of the life of God, which the Son of God shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed, tested, proven. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Labor. What shall we do to work the works of God? The work of God, the, Jesus said it is finished, but yet we have a work to do. What is this work? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him. That you believe, that you believe on him whom he had sent. That you believe. Amen? Alright. So here in Hebrews chapter 4, it says labor to enter into that rest. Labor to enter into that, pla into that place where you can cease from your own labor. Where it is not you, but where it is God and it is the spirit of God. Where you can come into that place of grace. Alright? Lest any fall short after the example of unbelief. And then he goes on to say, because the word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That is the word of grace. And it can penetrate to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Everything is naked and exposed and defenseless before it. Amen? And then it says, uh, then verse, verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven, 
See the high priest that is passed into the heaven. How did he do it? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. Let us hold fast to what to, to our to that confession of the word of God. Because we don't have a high priest that which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we are. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of, of what? Grace. What brings us there? What, what, what is connected to this throne of grace? The word of God. The word of his grace that is able to what? That is able to, 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 to give you that revelation so that you could come and receive grace to help in time of need. Can you see that? The emphasis is the revelation. How do you get it? Um, God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart of your, out of your mouth, but meditate in it day and night. Joshua 1 8. Peter said, let it be like a light that shines into a dark place. Keep staring at it until the whole room gets bright. Until, it, until that light just bursts on the inside of you. First Psalm 1 verse 2 speaks about, about meditating in the word day and night. Now let me just add, add, add something else here just as we close. So in, in, in to come into this place of revelation, to come into this place and to where you can receive abundance of grace, the emphasis is revelation. But I'll tell you something. When you're talking about revelation, the revelation comes from the Spirit of God. And the Bible says the Holy Ghost resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? The humble. The Bible says the proud he knows are far off. He holds them at arm's length. Don't smell too good. Amen? All right? But he gives more grace to the humble. Let God be true in every man alive. When someone comes and they're all haughty and they're trusting in their own wisdom, they're trusting in their own, they're puffed up and they're so full of themselves, they're not going to receive much from God. And it's the spirit of God you need. He is the spirit of grace. You need him to give you revelation. So, what does it say? Be clothed with humility. Amen? He gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6. He gives grace to the humble. So now, again, how do we receive? Be humble. Believe his word. Trust him. Be clothed. Be, and to be humble is to be clothed with Christ. Amen? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So grace flows through righteousness. But you got to believe. You believe unto righteousness. And your work is to believe. In other words, every believer, this is your assignment. Believe. Believe what? Find out what you need to believe. Whatever it is, find out what the word of God says. And believe it. And then, and what would happen? Stay with the word until revelation comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. And when the revelation comes, grace will be there. Hope to the end for the grace that shall be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When that revelation comes. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says, Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3 verse 18 Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of grace. He is called, in one place, He is the Lord of grace. The Lord, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14 says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He got it. 
He purchased it all. He paid for it. The riches of God at his expense. And he, he, he and he's ready to distribute it. Amen? He is ready to distribute it. But we need revelation. Grace is multiplied through the knowledge of him. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, whatever you're dealing with, find out what the word says, meditate in it, and grace will show up, and you'll be able to walk through it. Amen? That's the bottom line. doesn't matter what you're dealing with. The word of God has something to say about it. Get a hold of the word. Find out who Jesus is. Find out who you are in the situation. Just get a hold of the word, and stay with it until the day star arrives in your heart, until the until the light bulb goes off. <laughs> Amen? And then you'll have the grace to walk through whatever situation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Are you blessed? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Let's, let's bless the Lord in our giving. Glory to God. In fact, here is a wonderful grace scripture. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus, that even though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor. That you and I through his poverty might be made rich. So let a man give not sparingly, but let him give bountifully. Let him give as according as he had purpose in his heart, cheerfully. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you have all sufficiency in all things, and you are able to abound to every good work. Amen? Amen? He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Amen. And he will multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Hallelujah. If you need an envelope for your giving, indicate by raising your hands. If you're online and you have the, you can download the phone app if you don't have it, TLMHCA, you simply go to the Play Store and you download the app, TLMHCA. And with that app, you can use the app to, to give. You can go to the website also and give through the website. Amen.
multiply to your children. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of their understanding would be opened. I pray that it would be such a hunger and a thirst for the knowledge of you and for righteousness, that it would, it would so draw them to your word that they would be filled. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you would put a fresh new passion and hunger in us for your truth and for your word. That we would not walk as the other Gentiles do. And that we would not be alienated from the life of God that is deposited on the inside of us and be separated from that life because of ignorance and because of insensitivity of heart. So Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I just pray your spirit will so hover over us this day that you would so strengthen us in our innermost being by the Holy Ghost that Christ might dwell in our hearts by faith in the name of Jesus. That your word and the truth of your word will just burst forth in our lives in, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare your blessing on your hand upon each one, every home covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise so the next Lord. week, we'll not be here. Who's preaching next week? Yeah. Pastor Graham will be preaching here because Alicia's wedding is next week, so we'll be away. Uh, so pray for us to all go as planned. Amen. And today at 2, we start uh, Acts Community Church, start sharing the premises with us. So be aware of that, all right? Yeah? The live stream off? Yeah, he gave me the thumbs up. Okay, you're blessed going to all coming in. And, and ne ne over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be, we have, we're going to be going through a rebuilding process here. Amen? Um, obviously, there is, we thank God for what's happening in St. Catherine, but it has also made it, it makes it necessary for us to rebuild and get some things done here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Which is to say, fill up these seats in Jesus' name. Amen.